1: My
2: father's house. I don't know how many times I've, I've I've stood at the bed of a person who is dying trying to lead them to Christ and still in that moment think about it they, they're going to pass into eternity and yet they continue as the Bible tells us there in verse 11 they continue to remain unjust or filthy. They never make that decision. One of the
0: greatest gifts that God gave us is our free will. He could have created us without it, just automated beings programmed to follow certain rules and serve whatever purposes he desired. But one important thing would have been missing, love. Love requires free will. Today, Pastor Mike will draw our attention to the dark side of that free will. We can also choose to reject God, sadly many people will, even into eternity, where they'll choose separation from His love. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of Revelation chapter 22 as he continues his message, The River of Life.
1: I remember what you said.
2: Notice also there in the latter part of verse 3, we are told, and his servants shall serve him. So that becomes our second point. His servants shall serve him. And listen, there can be no higher calling or privilege than the service of the king of creation. Now some of you may be thinking at this point, wait a second, Mike, Uh, you know, I was looking forward to just retiring you know, during this period of time. But listen, it's going to be so much more exciting and and blessed uh, during this time. Life in the future world will not just be a life of rest and singing, although it will include those things. It will be a life of uh, productivity and teaching. For example, I believe that there will be an abundant occasion for fellowship and testimonies. I mean, every believer will have abundant time to meet and learn to know every other believer that is uh, living there within this new city of Jerusalem. And during which time, think about it, we'll be able to visit with fellows like Noah and David and John the Baptist and Paul the Apostle. And we'll be able to share the passion, hear the testimonies of these saints. We'll be able to visit with the martyrs of the early church. And everyone, including yourselves, will have a story to tell. And we shall serve God by conveying knowledge about Him throughout His creation. So those are just some of the ways that we're going to be serving the Lord during this uh, time. And then also, there may be other work for us to do as well. Eternity is before us. Infinity surrounds us. We shall have an eternity of time to explore and discover the secrets of an infinite, varied, and limitless cosmos. Space travel during this time will be uh, common. Uh, Perhaps each of us will be assigned an entire galaxy to explore and develop for the glory of God. You know, astronomers are telling us that there's more, you know, within the cosmos than just our own Milky Way galaxies. Uh, galaxy. Uh, Astronomers today are telling us that there are billions of other galaxies within the cosmos as well. So you may be assigned your own galaxy, think about it, assigned uh, to explore and develop for the glory of God. And then each and every one of us, after we do that, will be able to come back together and share with others what he or she has found and what They have accomplished, and all will rejoice uh, together. So just some of the things and some of the ways that we will be serving the Lord during this period of time. All right, let's go back to our text. Let's pick up in verse 4. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. Now this conveys the ideas of during this time, remember Jesus himself, his throne, will be located there in this new city of Jerusalem. So the idea of that we will be able to see his face conveys the idea of this time of intimate fellowship that we will have with the Lord, unlike anything that we've ever experienced before. It's a face-to-face kind of experience. Uh, And then also notice, his name shall be on their foreheads. So in that day, we will be forever identified with God. C.H. Spurgeon, in his commentary, said, and I quote, to look into the face of Jesus signifies to be well acquainted with his person, his office, his character, his work. And so the saints in heaven shall have more knowledge of him, that is Jesus, than the most advanced below. As one has said, the babe in Christ, admitted to heaven, discovers more of Christ in a single hour than is known by all the divines of the assemblies of the earth upon uh, the earth presently. So just something to to think about. And then notice also there in verse 5, And there shall be no night there. There uh, need no lamp nor light of the sun for the Lord gives them light and they shall reign forever and ever. And so we conclude the darkness of this age is uh, gone. And then in verse six, and then he said to me, these words are faithful and true and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show his servants the things which must shortly come to pass. Okay, now let's jump ahead and this brings us to our third point Make sure that you are ready. You definitely want to make sure that you are ready so that you can enter into this new city of Jerusalem. Let's read verses 7, 12, and 20. And in all three of those verses, by the very words of Jesus, we are exhorted to make sure that we are prepared, that we are ready. Okay, first of all, verse 7. Behold, this is Jesus speaking now to us, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he, or oh how happy, is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. That is all of what we've been talking about now over the last several months, all of the lessons that we've learned, all of the instruction that we've received. Then notice, let's jump ahead to verse 12. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. And then finally, let's jump ahead to verse 20 of this chapter. And we are told there, He who testifies to these things say, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Okay, so as this book comes to a close, Jesus assures his church that he is coming again. And listen, let me, you can be sure of this, that Jesus is looking forward to that day when his bride, the church, is dwelling together with him. In the book of Ephesians, in chapter 5, and verse 27, he describes the church, Paul describes the church for us in this way. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, but holy and without blemish. That's what we're going to look like in that day. And listen, in that day, first of all, Jesus is really looking forward to that day when we're reunited together with him for all of eternity. I mean, think about it, you know, as far as we are concerned. We're going to be with the object of our affection from that day forward for all and throughout eternity. And so in that day, Jesus will be satisfied. Now, I hope that this is your desire as well. And we should all be living in relationship to this uh, truth. This should be our goal. Now notice the exhortations. Jesus tells us that he's coming quickly or speedily or rapidly. Listen, when Jesus comes for his own, that is his church, he's coming with lightning-like speed. You know, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and verse 52, as it relates to the rapture of the church, He says it's going to take place in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, faster than the speed of light. So his appearing will be with such suddenness that it will catch unawares all who are unprepared. So let me ask you that question once again. Are you ready? Now, in this connection, notice there in verse 11, we're confronted with this awful fact that a man's character is fixed and unchanging at death. Let's read verse eleven. Let's go back to chapter twenty-two and verse eleven. And I tell you something. This is this is a little disturbing to me. In verse eleven, it says, "He who is unjust, let him be unjust still; and he who is filthy, let him be filthy still; he who is righteous, let him be righteous still; and he who is holy." Let him be holy still. So the, listen, let me tell you something. There's not, you know, when I read this, I'm reminded of the fact that there is not a lot of deathbed conversions. You know, some people have this mindset, you know, they've heard the scriptures, they maybe have been brought up in a Christian home, but they've been putting off the decision that they know that they need to make, that is receiving Christ as their Lord and Savior and then living according to that choice and decision that they've made for him as Lord and Savior. They're thinking, you know, someday I'm going to get around to it. There's just some other things that I want to do with my life, other things that I want to accomplish. I'm a young person, and, you know, they, they have this idea that Christianity is for old people. But they, they, they honestly believe, they are actually deceived themselves into thinking, One day, I know that the gospel is true, and I know that one day I'm going to get around to making that choice because I know that the gospel is true. But the problem is is they never get around to making that choice. Listen, you've heard of death, uh, bed, uh, conversions, right, and experiences. But listen, let me tell you something. That doesn't happen all that much. I don't, know, I don't know how many times I've been asked, I've received a phone call uh, by a member of our church asking them to visit a loved one who's in the hospital, and uh, they've received the news that they're not going to make it. So they're asking for a pastor to go and visit with them and to share with them and, and try to get them to make that choice, that decision, the deathbed conversion. And uh, I don't know how many times I've, I've, I've stood at the bed of a person who is dying, trying to lead them to Christ, and still in that moment, think about it, they're going to pass into eternity, and yet they continue, as the Bible tells us there in verse 11, they continue to remain unjust or filthy. They never make that decision. So according to this verse, the unjust remain unjust, The righteous remain righteous. Now, in context, there's a challenge to be ready at his coming here. Don't let it come down to the end. That's the point. I think that's what Jesus is, the idea that Jesus is trying to convey uh, to us here. Don't put it off. Another moment. So if any of you are, like, toying with your Christianity, putting off, making a decision, you're thinking, yeah, I know that one day I'm going to get around... Uh, to doing that. Hey, listen, there's a good bet that you're never going to change. There's a good bet that you're never going to change because notice what it says. The unrighteous will remain unrighteous. The filthy will remain filthy. Those same individuals will never get around to making that decision. Someday, someday, but guess what? Someday never comes. So don't put it off. Get serious about your walk and your relationship with the Lord now. You know, we really don't have, if you think about it, uh, any assurances that you're going to have another opportunity. God forbid, right? You just never know what's going to happen. I mean, listen, we're closer than ever before for Jesus coming back for his church, right? So now's the time to get serious about your relationship and your walk with the Lord. You you need to uh, treat that sin within your life that you haven't ever gotten around uh, to treat. And listen, there's no guarantees. You just never know. Uh, God forbid you should walk out of this facility. And, uh, you know, this might be the last day that you have upon the earth. I'm not trying to frighten anybody into making a decision. But you just never know. There's no guarantees. You can walk out of this building and get hit by a yellow cab, you know, on your way back home. You just never know what can happen, right? And uh, life has a way of throwing us curves. So there's no guarantees. Now's not the time to be messing around. We need to get serious about our walk and our relationship with the Lord. And I think that's exactly the idea that Jesus is trying to convey to us through these exhortations. So this is a challenge then, to be ready at his uh, coming. Don't let it come down to the end. Now, as I mentioned... Notice also, these last three promises of Christ that we've just read, Christ's return, are connected with how it is that we can make ourselves ready. First of all, our, verse 7, our responsibility to obey the word. That's the first thing that we need to do, okay? Now listen, you know what you need to do. I mean, uh, you know, week in and week out, you come and attend this church, either in person or online for the last seven months, and uh, you've been instructed in the word, you've been taught in the word, you know exactly what God is looking for uh, from you, the way that you are to live your uh, life, well, this is one of the ways that we get ready our responsibility to obey God's word. Notice according to verse 7. And then secondly, verse 12. Notice that the connection between stewardship and reward. Each one of us is given this knowledge and wisdom, but it becomes now a part of our stewardship. But notice there's a great reward connected uh, to that. And then finally in verse 20, with our comfort and consolation. Notice there what it says there in verse uh, 20. He says, surely I come uh, quickly. So we need to be mindful of these things. So what a difference there would be in our individual lives, in our homes, in our churches, if we held these facts before us daily. You know, rather than getting caught up in all of the things that are a part, the other things that are a part of our life's experience. These are the things that we should set as a high priority within our uh, lives. We need not get sidetracked. We mustn't get sidetracked. We need to keep these things before us regularly, daily. We need to be mindful of these things. And then finally, in verses 18 and 19, let's go on and read verses 18 and 19. There we are told, for I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, all of the things that are contained within it, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. Let me just depart for a moment and just add something that I don't have in my notes. You know, there, there are so many quote-unquote religions that would add to this particular book of the Bible. But not only this book of the Bible, the book of, the Re- of Revelation, but the entire Bible. And uh, like they would suggest, yeah, you know, some of those religions would say, yeah, we believe in the Bible. Yeah, we study the Bible. But then they have these other books that are a part of their religious beliefs. And I always say, well, you know, you know, do I, I, I don't. According to what the Scripture says, I, don't, I really don't need them. Everything that I need to know concerning God, everything that I need to know as it relates to what God expects of me, is recorded in the Bible. I don't need some additional books to tell me how I'm supposed to live my life or to tell me what God is like. You know, all of these other extracurricular. Uh, religious books that have been written, that are a part of these other religious experiences and religions. Notice what it says there. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, that is the Bible, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, the city of Jerusalem that comes down from heaven, and from the things which are written in this book. And so as there is a special blessing promised to us, remember in our introductory study here in Revelation in Acts chapter 1 in verse 3, the special blessing promised to all who read the book and heed its message So there is a pronouncement of woe upon all who detract from or add to it. So the idea here is don't tamper with God's word. So the warning is stern here, isn't it? And the penalty is severe. Corrupters of these prophecies, beware. And so the final message to the church is that Jesus will come back again. And until he appears for his own, his infinite and exhaustible grace reaches out to us to sustain us daily. But while we wait, let us watch and work. You know, John puts it this way in his epistle in 1 John, in chapter 2, and verse 28, that when he shall appear, that is Jesus, we may have confidence and not be ashamed when before him at his coming. Now let's go, I, I want to go back to verse 11 again. As I mentioned, verse 11 really does trouble me. You know, the unjust, the filthy. Why? Why remain unjust? Why remain a filthy? Why remain blemished by the things of the world, giving yourself to the things of the world, the practices of the ungodly, when we can receive the righteousness of Christ? Those who are righteous remain righteous. So why not choose righteousness, right? We can receive the righteousness of Christ. The stain of our sin can be removed. You can be a part of and enter into God's new eternal age. You can share all of the glory. God has provided the way for us to enter in. And what is that way? Simply the person of Jesus Christ. You know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 and verse 21, God the Father, He made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. In who? In Jesus. Lastly, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor, that is those of you who are burdened down by your sin, and I will give you rest.
1: In my Father's house There's a place for me In my Father's house Where I long
0: to be That's all we have time for on this edition of In My Father's House. We're so glad you joined Pastor Mike today to study the book of Revelation, the final book in the Bible. If you'd like to listen to more, just visit our website, harvestnyc.org. You can also subscribe to the In My Father's House with Mike Fenizio podcast. Just search for it on your favorite podcast platform. We'd love for you to join us for worship this weekend at Harvest Christian Fellowship. We meet at 11 a.m., and you can reserve your seat online by clicking on contact at harvestnyc.org. We're located in Midtown Manhattan, and there's easy access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. If you're not in the area, or if you're just unable to attend in person right now, we'd still like to have you be a part of our time of studying God's Word. We're live streaming our services each week, and you can connect on our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. If you'd like to catch up with previous messages, check out our services through our Vimeo link, or you can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Links to all these are available at our website, HarvestNYC.org. Before we end our time with you, we'd like to give you the opportunity to partner with us in this ministry. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting In My Father's House? Donations of any size can be made securely on our website, HarvestNYC.org. Thanks for praying about this. And thanks for joining us today on In My Father's House.